Okay. Parshas Vayigash Tavshin Ayin Aleph. Start off with a small thought from the Mayana Shal Torah, quoting from the Svarim. Yehuda talking to Yosef at the beginning of the parsha says, Ki ech At the end of Parak uh, Memdalid, Yosef hears from Yehuda, How can I go back to my father, my elder elder um, father, and the Naar, Binyamin is not with me in Enuiti, what could I do, how could I do this? So Mayana Shaltara quotes two ideas related to youth. What is Vahana'ar in Enuiti? First he says, How can I go to my father? That's referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Avinu Shabbat Shamayim. Vahana'ar in Enuiti. The Nar. Who's the Nar? The first Pshat quoted is, My own youth. How can I go to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the years of my youth wasted? I have to make sure that I take the years of my youth with me. Vahana'ar in Enuiti. How can I stand in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Yesh eifol ha'ashkiach heitev al yimei ha'nuurim leval yichlu behalem. We have to make sure from the earliest in our life that we have the proper recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to try to make sure that that we uh, we act based on it. So, our own youth. But then we have, secondly, what a parent and a teacher has to say, not only about their own youth, but the na'arim, the youth that are around me, my children, the youth that I can be mashpia on, I have to take them with me as well and do what I can to educate them. How can I go to my father, my own children, my own, my own students are not with me. So that's how we have to go. We have to approach our father, with both our own youth and also the youth that we have been able to be mashpia on. Okay, let's get back to the beginning of the parsha. First pasuk of the parsha, Yehuda is talking after the cliffhanger at the end of last week's parsha, and Yehuda says to Yosef, who he doesn't know is Yosef yet, Let your servant let me say something in the ears of my master. Don't be angry with me that I'm continuing to talk, because you are like Pyro to me. Yehuda compares the viceroy to the president, Kichamocha Kafaro. So what exactly does Yehuda mean by this statement? Rashi quotes four pshatim. Unusual for Rashi to quote four, but he quotes four here. Number one, Kichamocha Kafaro, Rashi quotes, is what he calls his pshat. Chashuv ata be'inai kemelech. Zehub shuto. You are like the king to me. You're not like the vice president. You are like the president. Chashuv ata be'inai kemelech. Number one. Number two, Rashi says, Medrash show. What's the Medrash? Sofcha lokos alav bitzaras. You are going to get saras. Kemosha lakaparo zakenasi sarah. Just like my ancestor, Sarah, had uh, caused power to get saras, so too, I could foresee that you would get. Just like Paro decrees and says he's promises he's going to do things and he doesn't do anything. Okay, meaning you're, you're a nothing. You say you're going to do things and you don't. I mean, you threw us in jail and then you let us out of jail. You said you're only going to take, um, you're only going to let one free and then you let all of us free. And also you say you're going to take care of him if we bring him down and this is called taking care of him. Dabar Acher or Rashi Enzov ki chamocha kafaro im takni teini harogot chaves adunecha. If you get me angry, Yehuda says, you both you both better watch out. I could take care of you. I could take care of of the king. So four different pshatim in Rashi. So the question that Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky asks in source number two on line six: Tzarich Levayer. 
Rashi quotes the Pashib Shat, which he himself calls Pshat, that you're like a king in front of me. What's the what's Chazal, what's driving Chazal to say just the opposite than the Pshat? The Pshat is A, and the Drash, and the three Pshat that Rashi quotes is exactly the opposite of the Pshat. The pshat is praise, you're wonderful, I treat you like the king. And the other three pshatim are, you are nothing to me. How could it be that the drash will be so against the pshat and Rashi would feel the need to quote it? So Rabbi Yaakov says something here and he alludes to and he cross-references what he said earlier in the Torah as well. Says Rabbi Yaakov, the be'emes bechol dibur v'dibur shalanu yesh pshat udrash. Really, says Rav Yaakov, as he'll say it in a minute as well, just like every pusik in Tanakh has a pshat and a drash, people have a pshat and a drash. And words that are said in conversations have a pshat meaning, but there's a lot beneath that statement that might not meet the eye right away. There are two levels. And he quotes earlier, Yaakov Avinu and Parshas Vayishlach. Yaakov sends to Esav, I have seen your face, like the face of God. What does that mean? So Rashi quotes there, the top of the second column. Number one, he's praising him. Wonderful, I treat you like uh, like royalty. So, and he quotes, Why did he quote Malach? What is he quoting angels for? He, he met an angel and he overpowered him. It was to scare him. But what do you mean? He's being nice to him. No Chazal knew that betoch toch of his words, line 10, Klomar kishayachta letoch tvarav, yisyare mimenu, shara yishmashu ragali pagisham alachem. He meets angels? And that's exactly Yaakov Avinu's ulterior motive here in saying, in saying what he was saying. Before we continue, just look at the cross-reference that, ya- that Damas Yaakov g- gives in source number 3, turning over the page, where earlier in the Torah, when Lot separates from Abba Mavinu, and the Torah tells us he goes to Stom, Kigan Hashem Be'eretz Mitzrayim Boach HaTzohar. And he goes away. Rashi quotes, even though the Pashib Shad is, Kigan Hashem is a very fertile, lush, green area. That's why he's going there. Rashi, Umedush Agada, Dar Shalignai, Al Zima, because they were connected to Zima, so Lot wanted to live with them. So again, Rabbi Yaakov asked there, Tamua, gabeva Lot doesn't say that in the Torah. The Pasuk says, Shemashka shal kikar kikar It was lush, it was, it was, it was fertile. So says Rabbi Yaakov, There are many levels. There are different levels of all human behavior and all human words. 
Vahainu, Shenim Saim Ba Adam Kochos Kehim, Shem Poalim Harbi Banagas Adam. There are there are hidden forces in a person that work and motivate and generate certain behaviors. Even if a word doesn't even realize it sometimes. It's the heart. He says, the words that we say, that's the simple meaning. But there's a lot behind it. He's going to give an example. An example as a parent, we all know sometimes a child will be, will be crying and fetching for something and screaming and acting out, but they're just hungry. And if they wouldn't be hungry, that's really, that's the drosh of the, of the child. The shot of the child is what we see. But the drosh is underneath. So he says, we know, what do we say? What did the Bnei Yisrael say, say in Parshas Baloscha? Line 23. Zacharno, one of the strangest or most unusual psukim. Zacharno was a dog. Oh, we remember the fish in Egypt. Wasn't that great fish? Bnei Yisrael are remembering how great it was in Egypt. That's what they were remembering. They forgot that their baby boys were thrown into the river. They're saying, wow, we had, they were, they, we had great sushi in Mitzrayim. What kind of pusik is that? They were, they were, the onions and the garlic, oh, awesome, nothing like it. They were eating mun. Well, what was going on here? So Rashi quotes, Chazal went into their actions. No, they just, they were upset about the laws of Arayos. How did Chazal know that? Because they knew that it was impossible, that B'nai Yisrael were, this is what they really meant. Why Yisrael. Even if you, whatever shot you give to the Egel, but, but the Dordeo was, was upset about onions and fish that were the Edom Mitzrayim, there must be something deeper here. And this is Chazal have the intuition into the words of the Torah that we might not have, we don't have. But once Chazal say it, we know that that is what's, that is what is meant by, um, by these words, at least on the drash level, if it's not on the pshat level. And that's why by Lot, even though the Torah tells us by Lot, why did, why did, why did Lot want to go there? Because it was lush, it was Kula Mashke, but Chazal knew otherwise. Chazal knew that this was not who Lot was. Aval, skip a couple of lines. They understood. If Lot, the same way that we think it's crazy to worry about the onions, it would be crazy to leave Avram Avinu. Any normal thinking person would stay with Avram Avinu. So if he would have been proper, he'd make it a couple less bucks. You've got to be somebody really evil and have different priorities and values to give up being with Avram Avinu. We know the Torah tells us that he had plenty, even being with Avram Avinu, so it wasn't a, a monetary financial decision. Line 28. It must be that he wanted to go away from him. So it applied to Lot, and it applied to all of Am Yisrael. He doesn't say it here, but it also applies to Bilam. So if you look in Torah Shavich Sav, Bilam doesn't say so many evil words, but Chazal say, 
everything he said could be read otherwise, as Rashi quotes throughout Parsha's Balak, but also here, Yehuda. Yehuda, back to source number two. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Yehuda is talking to Yosef. And he says, after everything that Yosef did, and Yosef was in charge, and he got all the food away, and he was the one that was able to give it out, and he was smart. Line 19, And he lets them go free, and he scares them, but he's always nice to them. If you think about it, what did Paro do in the past couple of years? Nothing. It was all Yosef. And Yehuda is saying to Yosef, you are just like Paro. That's a compliment? That's not a compliment. There's obviously something strange going on here. Yosef was the one in charge. Paro already knew that Paro didn't understand his dreams. Word must have gotten out. And Yosef was, he was in charge. The only thing he didn't have was, was, uh, was the throne. So says Rabbi Yaakov, that's why Chazal say there must be something deeper going on here. This must be another example of pshat and drash in a person. So that's Rabbi Yaakov's Yesod. There's Pshat and Drash of Psukim and there's Pshat and Drash of people and of conversations. Okay. Moving right along. So we have, beginning of Parak Mem, hey, Yosef cannot hold back anymore. He can't hold back. He says, everybody else go out. And nobody was there. He cries. Vayishmu Mitzrayim Beis Paro Vayomer Yosef El Achiv Echav Ani Yosef Haod Avichai. We've spoken many times about that pasuk in the past couple of years. What exactly was meant? The Beis Halevi, other pshat, other mafarshim and pshatim. V'lo yachlo achav anot atoki nifalumi panav. The brothers could not answer him. They were scared. They were confused. Vayomer Yosef El Achav Geshu Na Elai Vayigashu. Yosef says, "Please come close to me. Come close to me." He wants to be Makari of them, and they came close. Vayomer, and he says to them, Ani Yosef Achichem, Asher Machartem Osi Mitzrayma. He says, Come close. Pasuk doesn't say what? They come close, what? Just to give him a hug? What do you mean, come close? So Rashi quotes, Kishunai Ra Osam Nasogim Laachar. He saw them jumping back. Amar, Achshav Achi Nechlamim. They're embarrassed. Karavahem Balashon Racha Vitachnunim. Veheralahem Shehu Mahol. He showed them that he it was really him. He showed him the bris milah. He showed him, I'm a Jew like you, I'm your brother. Ask the Klayakar, why Dafka, Nolan, Mahu? I mean, maybe it could connect, but is there something deeper here about the fact that Yosef said, Gishuno, I love Yigashu? And what about the rest of the Pasik? Does it fit in? Ani Yosef Is there any connection between the first half of the Pasik and the second half of the Pasik? Says the Klayakar in his classic style why he is one of the great Darshanim in history, and why he was Zoha to make it into the Mikros Gadol's Chumashim, the Klayakar, source number four. We're all familiar with the famous Medrash in Tehillim, where the Medrash tells us, if you look in source number, line number three, in the Klayakar, Sheh Yisrael nigalo mi Yisrael b'schuz daladvari, b'nei Yisrael were Zoha to be redeemed from Egypt because of four things. Shaloshinu eshmam, they didn't change their names, Veloshinu eshloshonam, they didn't change their language. They didn't tell people, they didn't tattletale on people. And they were gudder, they were um, limited and sanua in their in their arayos. There are different versions of the Medrash. Other Medrashim talk about they didn't change their dress 
different shatim of the of the Rebbe. This is the Medrash that is, is in Tehillim. So says the uh, Klayakar, if you look in these Psukim, Yosef is telling them, I'm okay in all four areas. That's what's going on here. Says the Klayakar, what was it? What does it say in the second half of this Pasik? Ani Yosef. says it twice. Ani Yosef Arabichai. Ani Yosef Achichem. Number one. Shloshina Shmo. Avabi Shabarakar Shmo. Safras Paneach. Yes, Paro gave me a nickname. Safras Paneach. Mikomakom Ani Yosef. Zeshmi Lolam. I did not change my name. Number two. If you look a couple of Sukkim later. What does it say? Later on, Kipi Hamadaber Alechem. The Pasuk says in Pasuk Yud Beis, what does Rashi quote? Pi Hamadaber Alechem, Lashon Hakodesh. You see, I'm talking to you. It was all a fake. It was all a charade that I pretended I didn't understand. That I had a maturgamon. Ki Hamelitz Beinosam. He had somebody in between. But I understand Lashon Hakodesh. Shaloshino Lashono. Number three, he wasn't Paris Barayos. That's what's the symbol of the Bris Mila. Nolan Mahul. Which is the symbol of control and gvura in that area. And finally, when he told them who he was, he sent everybody else out. And he told them to come close. He didn't want anybody else to hear about it. Not even, and look what he says on line 10, we never find in the Torah that Binyamin knew explicitly about what happened. Or even Yaakov Avinu. The brothers, after Yaakov died, goes over, go over to Yosef and say, you know, please don't take revenge. They, they say, oh, our father told us that he shouldn't be upset about us. But it's not ever clear. And if Yosef did this, unbelievable, Yosef at Sadik. But he didn't even want to be yummed to know. But that was only in the future. Right now, we didn't want to cause that. So all four: Shloshinu as Lashonam, Shmam, Gedurim Barayis, and not Bali Lashon Hara. Says the Klayakar. That's all alluded to in in these in these psukim of Yosef revealing himself to his brothers. Okay. Moving right along. Yosef, after revealing himself in the Pasuk, right after the one that we just read, he brings his brothers closer. I am Yosef, that Asher Machartem Osi Mitzrayma, that you sold to me Mitzrayim. Remember a couple of years ago, we spoke about the Rashbam, who says, if you read the Pesukim very closely in Pashat Vayeshev, the brothers did not sell Yosef according to the Rashbam, but really they threw him in the pit, and other, other nations came along and sold him. So he just has to work out this Pasuk. Where Yosef says, Hashem achar temosi. He has to say, it means that you caused me to be sold. But that's the difficulty in the, in the Pasuk. Don't be upset. That you sold me here. Because to support you, to give sustenance to you, Hashem sent me in front of you. Somebody said to me last week, oh, next week, by Yigash, I'm sure you got to have a Rav Yerucham on there. you got to put a Rav Yerucham in the Shir. So I'm being, trying to be Mekayim, his, his wishes. So we got a, a Rav Yerucham in Parshas by Yigash. Source number five. Yosef tells them, don't worry about it. Ki lo michya shlachani 
says Rav Yeruchim, what Yosef is doing here is teaching us Yesod Gadol in behavior, in what we're supposed to do, and how we act to people, as we will see. He starts off by quoting a, a Medrash in Parshish Tetzaveh, in source number 5. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Moshe, which is still the last night of Hanukkah, so we're still talking about Tetzaveh, the Neiris, Shem, and Zayis, that's our connection to Hanukkah. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Moshe, the Yichu Elecha, Shem, and Zayizach. Hashem says to Moshe, take for you to light the menorah, the Beis HaMikdash, oil. Lo Sha'anit Tzarech Lahem, not that I really need the oil, a fire comes out from heaven, he doesn't need the oil. Give light for me. Just like I give light to you, I gave light to you, the end of the Aish in the Midbar, you give light to me. So that you go up in front of all the other nations. So that the Jews, others could say that the Jews give light to Hashem. What does that mean? The Medrash gives a mashal. Mashal mahalchin. Somebody who was blind and somebody who could see were taking a walk. Come, I'll hold your hand. Let's take a walk. And the blind person was walking the whole time with the person who could see. Once they came into the house, when they came home, the person who could see told the blind person, can you go turn on the light for me? Veheirli. Why? Shalote machzikli tova shalivisicha. So that, so you're not machzik tova for me, that I accompanied you. I did this for you, but now you do this for me. That's the mashal the Medrash gives. So too, Hashem says, you know what? It's as if Hashem... Lit, it, lit for us. We are blind in the desert. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the age to see by. Once we come to the Mishkan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you know what? Now you turn on the light for me. That's why you have to the light of the menorah. What exactly is the message here of this Medrash? Says of Yerucham, line 11. Ro imanu mikan sod yisod gadol amidas. We see from here yisod gadol. Mitivo shal adam. It's only natural in life. Shekashihu osa tova lamishahu ena rotze b'shem ofan lakachas klum tamuras atova. Now, what usually happens when we do something for somebody? We don't want anything back in return. Not even a favor from them. But what's our ultimate motive for that, that we don't want anything in return? Not always because we are the most altruistic giving people. How we should be. But sometimes there are other motives. Not because of that. Sometimes there are people out there, says who want to do a favor and they want to milk it for all they can. Yeah, you are indebted to me and you're going to keep being indebted to me. You'll always remember that I did this for you. This favor for you. That's why I will never take anything from you because I want to keep that state of indebtedness. And that's what sometimes naturally we have that tendency. Because it feels good for you because like you need me. So you're indebted to me so I want to keep that that that, uh, that connection. You know what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does? Teaches us in this Medrash by saying, you know what? I've lit candles for you this whole 40 years. You know what? Now you like for me. What is HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaching us? The second that we could allow it to happen in the other direction, we have to try to. 
to give that person that self-confidence, that self-assurance. If I do something, I have to make sure to give it back. Right? We all, we all know those people who, after they do us a favor, they're busy thanking us for I don't know, making it sound like we did them a favor. But really, they did us a favor, and they're just making everything upside down. We, really, we didn't do anything for them. But that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is teaching us. That's what we have to do. That's what has to be our attitude. I live for you, but now you live for me. The blind person comes in, now you do something for me. So you don't have to be, you're not mechuyiv to me. You're not meshubah to me. You should never feel that way. And says Rabbi Rucham, works the opposite way too. Line 34. Sometimes if we were wronged by somebody, we're not going to accept um, apologies. Why? No, 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 no. You'll you'll have to hold this guilt with you. You know you deserve it a little bit, and we won't let it get off their be- off their chest. So why are we doing that? If they're really truthful and heartfelt. I want you to remain the one who is guilty. And he quotes that based on a, pas, uh, a line in the Archas Chaim of the Rush to try to give shot in what this line meant. But says the Rabbi Yerucham turning over, now we understand the godless of the statement of Yosef. The brothers, now turning over the page to Surah 6, the brothers finally are clued into who they're talking to. So what does Yosef tell them? What's the first thing Yosef says? He doesn't just say it's okay. He doesn't just keep quiet and not get angry at them. But Yosef says, look, you sent me to Mitzrayim. I'm here to support us. I'm here to lay the groundwork for all the years that we're going to be here. It's as if Yosef is saying to them, thank you. I needed that. This is not only what was supposed to be done, but Shkoyach. He's giving them a shkaya for what they did. Yes, from their point of view, as we've quoted in the past, we are subjects and objects in life. The brothers as subjects, as active people with free choice, they will be held accountable for their actions. But Yosef, from his point of view as an object, Yosef says, thank you. I know this is what was meant to be. It wasn't you, it was Hashem. After all the cheshbonos, it's as if Yosef has to say thank you to them. The Torah writes it. Why does the Torah tell us this? To teach us how we're supposed to act. Whenever we do something, we have to try to make the person feel as if we didn't do anything for them. Chas v'shalom, to make the person feel indebted. The ani feel indebted. The needy person feel indebted. No, it's nothing. I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? To accept their thank yous. Because if we don't accept the thank you, then they'll, they'll, they'll keep being indebted to us. Accept the thank you, but try to do as much as we can to turn it on its head. He was mechuyiv to them because he was the one that was supposed to be sent out to Mitzrayim. 
Lenifka. That is Rav Yeruchim, the depth of Yosef's response to what the brothers did and how we're supposed to learn from it in both directions. When we do a tova for somebody or when Rechman line, we don't. Okay. Perak Memhei, Pasik Chavzayin. Famous Pasik, famous Rashi. We've spoke about it in the past. Right before Ravi. The brothers go back to Mitzrayim, go from Mitzrayim, back to Yaakov, Pasach Havav, Vayagidul Olemar, Od Yosef Chai, V'chiyu Moshe B'chalaretz Mitzrayim, Yosef is still alive, Vayafeg Libo Kilohem in Lohem. And his heart jumps out. He doesn't believe them. Yaakov does not believe them. Vayidabru, I love as called Debrei Yosef, Asher Diber Aleihem. They said, they told him everything that Yosef told them. Still doesn't sound like he's uh, convinced. Vayar Es Ha'agolos, Asher Shalach Yosef, so-so, he sees the wagons that Yosef sent him, and all of a sudden, Yaakov is revived. Yaakov's spirit is revived. What are these agolos, these magical agolos that Yosef sends to Yaakov? Yaakov sees him and says, Oh, now I know. I see the agolos. So Rashi quotes the famous Chazal. If you switch around the Nekudos and Agalos, it could spell out Egla, Egla Arufa, the Sugi of the anonymous corpse that was found between two cities, everything that has to be done by the Zakanim of the city. So Rashi quotes, that was the last Sugya that, Av- that uh, Yaakov Avinu was learning with his son Yosef. So this is like the m- secret message that, that Yosef is giving Yaakov. I'm okay! Egla Arufa. Okay. Spoke about last year, I think, from the... Rubenis and Alper, what's the symbolism of Egla Rufa? But just to mention two stories. To mention two stories uh, related to the Agalos. Why Dafka the Agalos, the wagons, why did that prove to Yaakov that Yosef was still alive? Why is it? Two stories. One quoted from Rabbi Frant. Rabbi Frant quotes in his Sefer on Chumash story that's quoted elsewhere from the Grah. Very unusual, strange incident that happened in the times of the Grah. The Grah says, the, the story goes that, uh, it's quoted here in source number 7 and 8, I'll say the story outside. One time there was a couple that got married, and right after, very soon after the marriage, the husband left, the husband disappears. The husband disappears. The woman is an Aguna for many, many years. Thirty years later, a man shows up and says, Hi honey, I'm home. And she's like, I don't recognize you. So she says that, no, no, it's me. And she starts asking him all these questions about, you know, what, uh, what's your middle name? And what's my middle name? And got into other personal questions. And she, she knew everything. And what's your, what's your um, social security number? And what's this? And what's that? All these and intimate details. He knew everything. But the woman still had a suspicion. The woman couldn't figure it out. There was something that wasn't right. So what do you do if you're in Vilna and you have a Shaila? You know what to do? You go to the Grah. So you went to the Grah, the, the, the Grah, and the Grah starts thinking, and the Grah says, Grah says, come to the shul. Come to the shul with me. So he comes to the shul, and the Grah takes him in shul, and the Grah says to the man, go sit down in your seat. And the guy looks and stares. He stares at the Grah and obviously doesn't know. He doesn't know where the guy, the Makam Kavu of the guy. He didn't. He was an imposter, and he didn't think to ask that. Who asked? Where you sit in shul? That defines a person. That's not what defines a person. Where you sit in shul. 
So the guard tripped him up and obviously admitted on the spot he had met the guy a long time ago and he came and he was he was doing a trick. But what what what's the message of the gra? The message of the story of the gra, the bottom of page five. The Vilna Gon had put his finger on the floor in this man's diabolical plan. Assuming that the man was an imposter seeking to move in with another man's wife, he was obviously far from a righteous person. Such a person would seek out all sorts of important details. But where he sits in shul is not something that's so important. The Makam Kavua. Yaakov Avinu. Okay, if it's Yosef, I don't know if it's Yosef. This detail, that detail. But once Yosef sent to him the last sugya that they were learning together, that's such an important detail that that's what you identify yourself with to your father? I know that's Yosef Atzadik. I know, I know that's, this is not an imposter. The last topic is a similar idea to the Makkum Kavua in Shul, and therefore says Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov When Yosef referred to the sugya, he was convinced he had seen, seen his long lost, long lost son. And then our friend just ends off by saying, in the source number nine, serious Jews identify themselves by the holy aspects of their lives. The important information is not the make and color of their cars, the size of their house, the last time they went fishing or played baseball. It's the mitzvahs, the chesed, the place where they sit in shul, and the last sugya that they discussed. Story one related to the Chazal. But there's a second story related to the Chazal that's quoted in V'karas HaShabbos Onik. I'm sorry, again, it's, it's misnamed uh, mis, uh, here. I wrote Elohim Moadai, but it's the same author. But uh, this is V'karas HaShabbos Onik, the third volume that just came out, um, and this is from that volume. So what's number 10? He goes to another story that helps explain this medrash of Vayar es, es Ha'agalos. quotes a story from Rav Moshe Pollock, that he quotes to explain the following psukim. He says there was once a man, third line, Haskala, Harura, Shepilo, man in Germany in the in the eighteen hundreds, that the Haskala movement was there, people were going off to Derech, and there was a boy who you know, a teenage boy it seems, that, that was starting to go off to Derech, he cut off his payas, he he moved in with a woman, and he was not he was not as his parents would have wanted. And one time Liamim Kiba Mechlamehorov he got a letter from his parents. His parents said, please, please, come visit us. Come visit us. He didn't want to be Mitzar uh, them. So he said, okay, I'll come to you in three months. So over the next three months, he, he grew his payas. He grew back maybe a beard. He grew up. So finally, when he got to his parents, he put on the whole charade. Nothing's wrong. Wonderful. So the parents were very happy when they saw him. After he went home about a month later, that... He, uh, oh, even before that, Heichal ben Lasaper, he tells his parents, I don't live so far from Shul, I live next to this Rav, I live there, I live that. A month after he returned back, his parents said, sent him a telegram, we want to come visit you. We want to come visit you. So he gets his letter and he says, oh, they want to come visit me? He says back, no, 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 it's not a good time, I'm in finals, I'm not, I just, I just, I'm doing Shiputzim in my house. They got another letter. He got another letter from them. No, no, please, please. He was doching in this way, doching in that way. And finally, as the story goes, a few months later, the parents just show up at his door. And they see what he really is. And they realize that to see a child in their own natural surroundings, that's how you tell what a person is. And they knew what he was trying to hide. So when Yaakov Avinu sees the Agalos, he doesn't see Yosef coming to him, trying to hide what's going on in Mitzrayim. 
he sees Yosef sending Agalo saying, come down to me in Mitzrayim. Yaakov says, oh, Yaakov's, Yosef's not embarrassed. Yosef has nothing to hide. Oh, but the Chiruch Yaakov Avim, now he's sure, now he's confident that Yosef at Tzadik is still Tzadik in the Eretz Temeya, in the uh, impure land of Mitzrayim. But the Chiruch Yaakov Avim. Okay. Two more ideas for the night. First we'll go with Perak Memzayin Pasuk Yud Torah tells us towards the end of the Parsha that after Shvi'i, Yosef puts his uh, Yosef as Avav Esachav, he puts them in Goshen, and he supports them, he gives them all Parnasa. Gives them all Parnasa. Says the Chafetz Chaim. Let's talk about Parnasa for a minute. Lumashal, says the Chafetz Chaim. There was a, there was a uh, king that went to see his army battalion. And they liked him. And he liked them. The king says, whoever wants to come ask me something, come on ask. I'll try to grant their request. One of the soldiers comes over to the king and says, It should be known. I'll take a bullet for you. I am with you. I am your faithful servant. I just want to ask, could you make sure I have lunch every day on the base? The other soldiers start laughing at him. They say, You fool! If you're a good soldier, then the Mela, he's going to give you the part, he's going to give you the food. Because you're a good soldier, you don't have to ask him for that. You just have to pray for the good of the king, and that because you're a good soldier, Memela, he'll give you whatever you need. What are you asking for? Ask for thee. The king should be great, and you should be able to be an heir to the king, and Memela will give you. Says the Chavetz Chaim. We have so much kavani in Baruch Aleinu. Hashem has a shana hazos. The same talumato levracha. But says the Chavetz Chaim, our real kavana has to be a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You're, you're, you should have Kiddushim Shemayim in the world. We should be Zochet to be good soldiers of yours. Madgishim inenu b'vakashasenu b'yichud dagas parnasa. That we're worried about parnasa. V'ina shochim l'gamre. We forget that that's just secondary. If we do what we can to be soldiers of God. Ki ezem in yoneinu v'chi alazanu mafarnis l'kola zun gamosanu. Aleinu, what should be our focus? Aleinu is power of Akish al Kvod Hashem, the Kvod Torah, the Ha'ikah Lachavin Ritzon Lavakish Masasarach Lavakish. We have to focus on Akadosh Baruch Hu. You are our King, and we want to be faithful servants of yours. Namela, he'll give us Parnasa, because that's what a King has to give food to his soldiers. That's the message of Parnasa. He says, if you look in the footnotes of the um, of the Chavetz Chaim and the Masel Lamelech, he quotes that the Chavetz Chaim said on one occasion. We say three times a day, Atah Kibar Liolam Hashem, Machayim Eisam Atah Rav Lo Shia V'Chulu. Says the Chavetz Chaim, there's an extra word in that phrase. Atah Kibar Liolam Hashem, Machayim Eisam Atah Rav Lo Shia. Why do we say Atah twice? Atah Kibar Liolam Hashem, Machayim Eisam Rav Lo Shia. What do you have? What's the emphasis? Atah Atah You You. So says the Chavetz Chaim. The Gemara says in Masechus Tainus on the first daf. There are three keys that Hashem did not give over to a shliach. 
There are three keys that HaKadosh Baruch Hu keeps for himself. Direct Hashkacha. What are those keys? The key of Gishamim, rain, which is Parnasa. The key of childbirth, Yoledes. And the key of Tchiyas HaMesim. The key of Tchiyas HaMesim. So why Dafka? What's these keys? Says the Chavetz Chaim, by all these three keys, if a Malach would be doing it, then he might look at us and say, do we really deserve it? Are we really on the level to be Zochet, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to give me? He says, he says, line six, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave a Malach the key of Parnasa, he would look down at the person and say, does he need this? Maybe half, maybe a third? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no, I'll take the key, because I'll give them, I'll give them what I think they should get. Or, he says, the Mavteach Shalchaya, of childbirth. So many tefillas, it's such a dangerous, dangerous um, occurrence. Dangerous in, in the olden days, Rechaman Litzlan. So Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I can't let anybody do this because that's a Zman Sakana, when Midas Hadin might, might take effect. So I'm going to take the key. And finally also, Tchiyas said, does this person really deserve it? Does this person, could they, could, could they, are they Zochet for the Olam HaTchiyah? So Kodesh Baruch Hu keeps, keeps all of the three. That's why Dafka, when we're talking about Ata Gibor Li Olam Hashem, we emphasize Ata Ata. Because what's the context of the Bracha? Gvuras Geshamim. Geshem is Parnasa. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you, only you are in charge. And he says, that's also Pshat. In the last paragraph. What well, we say in Ashrei every day, Eini kol eilecha yisaberu viata no sein lahem asachlam biito. He says, in contrast to the previous pasuk where we spoke in third person to Hashem, so mech Hashem lachol anoflim v'zokev lachol akuvufim. All of a sudden, we switch to the first person. Eini kol eilecha yisaberu viata no sein lahem. We switch because when it talks to Parnasa, Kadosh Baruch is directly in charge. Kadosh Baruch Hu directly in charge. So says the Chavis Chaim, when we thought, we read about Parnassah of Yosef HaTzadik in the Parsha, we should realize where the true Parnassah comes from. Okay, one final thought related to the Parsha from Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. One final thought. Says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, very difficult Chazal. Chazal tell us at the end of the, towards the end of the Parsha. Perak Memzayin Pasaches. Perak Memzayin Pasaches. Yaakov Avinu goes down to Mitzrayim and he appears in front of Paro. And Vayivarech Yaakov is Paro. Yaakov gave a bracha to Paro. And Paro says to Yaakov, Kama Chayecha? How old are you? Strange Pusik. Strange first question you'd ask Yosef's father. How old are you? And what does Yaakov answer? Vayomer Yaakov of Paro. Doesn't even give him a straight answer. Yemei Shnei Megurai, Shlosh I'm 130 years old, Ma'at Viraim, Hayu Yemei Shnei Chayai. Little and bad were my years. Follow Hisigo, Yemei Shnei Chayai Avosai, B'yemei Megureihem. And I haven't reached the, the years of my, of my forefathers. Okay, this is the Pasuk. So we all know that Yaakov Avinu had a very, very difficult life. Rashi quoted already on last week's Parsha. Yaakov says, you know what? I thought I've had enough. You know, Saraz, Yaakov goes all the way back to Esav. Can't forget about Esav. And the brachas and Esav wanted to kill him. He had the whole Esav Parsha, which is enough for one lifetime. And then he had the whole Lavan Parsha. And then he had the whole Dina Parsha. And then he had the whole Yosef Parsha. 
He's had some trouble. Shimon and Levi. Yaakov has that. And Rachel, right, dealing with uh, with uh, Lavan. So he has not had an easy life. At the end of his life, he throws in a little complaint. Ma'at v'ra'im. Chazal. Rashi does not quote it here, I don't think. But Chazal pick up on that and say, for the 33 words in these psukim, Yaakov lost 33 years of his life. The Chazal is quoted, in, turn to source 14 for a second, then we'll go back to 13. The, med- the Medrash is quoted in the Das Akedim in Baal Etosvis. I saved you from Esav and Lavan. I brought, gave you Dina back. I gave you Yosef back. You're complaining? These two psukim from Vayomer Paro all the way until right the end of the Pasuk, 33 words, 33 years. That's why Right? How much did he live? He lived to 147. Right? He lived to 147, and that is less than Avravinu, less than Yitzchak. Yitzchak was 180, and he lived to 147. As we know, um, Avram also uh, died. Yitzchak lived to 180. Avram lived to 175 because he was five years earlier, so you shouldn't see Esav. You shouldn't see Esav go off the go off the derech. So the question is: what's the, Obviously, we're not in Yaakov's shoes. The t- t- Difficult, difficult life he had, and we're not in his, in his shoes. But Chazal obviously want to teach us something. What's the message? Furthermore, the 33 words are counted from the beginning of Paro's question. So why is that? Why is he being punished for Paro's question? Says of Chaim Shmolevitz. Another question first. A medrash in Parsha's Shmos. It's a Gemara in Sota. The Gemara says that there was a cabinet meeting in Mitzrayim that took place between Eov, Paro, and Bilam and Yisro. Paro was there with Bilam, Eov, and Yisro. So the Gemara says, Bilam, the beginning of source 13, Bilam she'yo'at now. Bilam gave the advice to throw the babies in the river. His punishment was to be killed. Eov she'shasak nidon bi'isurin. Eov, that was quiet, that didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. He had difficulties. He had suffering. Yisro shabarach zachum ibnei banav sheyesh ubleshes agazis. Yisro, they ran away, so he got tremendous schar. Yes, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. Bilam was the worst, right? He gave the etza to to uh, to throw the babies in. So why was he zoch had to be killed right away? He didn't suffer, while Eov was shasak. He wasn't as bad, and he had a life of suffering. We know the Gemara and Baba Basra, all the different days when Eov took place. There's one day that he was he never took place, but according to the robe of the opinions there, he did take place. So why does Eov get the worst punishment, it seems? Nidam Yisur, a life of suffering. Says Rav Chaim, you know what you see from there? A very difficult message, but a message that we have to keep in mind. And that is Hinei. Baruch HaOn Shashah Bilam Tzorach Lios Kashal Ein Arach Me'on Shashal Eov. Ki Bilam Yatz Rakal Yisrael Yov Shasak. But you see from here what Yahadus believes. And Yahadus believes, as my father likes to say many times, Judaism always believes in, does not believe in the quality of life. Any moment of life is a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is what we have to realize. And he even gives a mushal from Ablaib Chasman. He says, imagine somebody wins the lottery, billions of dollars, and at that very moment he breaks a glass. Is he going to be upset about breaking the glass? The greatest gift HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us is life. 
And even though sometimes, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz explains there are difficulties, and everybody has their own peko, we have to realize the greatest gift that Kaddish Baruch Hu could give us is the gift of life. And that's what Kaddish Baruch Hu wants us to learn from Yaakov Avinu. Ma'at v'ra'im! 33 words. He's punished for that, and that's why the worst punishment is getting killed. That's why Bilam's is worse than Eov. What about, why start with the question? See, he says, interesting, and this is even something that's even more difficult, maybe. He says in the continuation, Yaakov Avinu wasn't, and again, this is on such a high level, but still the message is clear for us. He says, Yaakov was on such a high level, we asked before, why did Paro ask him that question right at the beginning? Says of Chaim Shmulevitz, because maybe Yaakov let himself look even older than he was. Because he had this attitude of, I, I have had such a difficult life. I, Shvertzizayn Yaakov Avinu. Venera, line 23. If he would feel more, it's all Mishem Hashem, which is a very high level. But if he would feel that way, that's the message. He wouldn't look as bad, and maybe he wouldn't have caused power to ask the question, and that's why he was punished for those those questions at all. So he ends off as David Amalekh says, as we say in Hallel, thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for everything that he does. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give us all lives where it is simple and easy and clear that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us a gift, and that Hashem, we should be zocheh, that on this last night of Hanukkah, we should be zochen not only, as I said last week, to the oris of the Chanukiot in our homes, but the R of the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash.